everybody and welcome to the next react native show episode and today we are here to talk about something very special which is hermes a js engine made specifically for react native and today we are going to talk about it and the recent feature of react native 064 which is hermes support on ios today with me there are two very special guests shun that works at facebook uh, on the hermes team and alloy that works at microsoft so these guys have been working together with me on the Hermes, um, making it possible to bring Hermes to iOS and to macOS, which we'll talk about later in a second. But before we do it, how about you guys introduce yourself to our listeners and the ones that are watching us on YouTube, just in a couple of words. So I'm Eloy Duran, um, based out of Amsterdam, the Netherlands, um, uh, from my houseboat that you don't get to see any lovely video feed from. Um, working remotely for Microsoft, um, have been doing that now for a year, joined to work on React Native in Office. Um, but I have since then moved on to a different team. So uh, my knowledge is already getting a bit rusty, um, but <laughs> always love to chat and be around. Go for it, Sean. Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, my name is Xun. I'm also using the handle at HuxPro on the internet. So I'm a software engineer at Facebook working on Hermes JavaScript engine. Um, friendly speaking, this is also a very new experience to me. I was a front end engineer and writing some JavaScript stuff. So my day-to-day -day work in a nutshell is implementing and releasing new JavaScript features to both internal and external React Native community. So I help with managing Hermes open source releases, and that's how I get to know Mike and Alloy and to be able to speak here today. Yeah, that's about nice. it. Nice. That's, that's very exciting. I guess, Sean, we have a very similar background because I also started as a front-end engineer, and uh, that was also my very first experience with Hermes um, by doing this PR. Actually, I guess Ali was uh, kind of having the most experience uh, from all of us. Actually, if it wasn't for his help on the, uh, you know, um, C-Lang and uh, all of these build systems, uh, then I would probably pretty last, um, which is not a surprise because he's been also working on Coca Pods before, right? Are you you want me to cover that? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I guess you know it's 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 a pretty interesting contribution. I guess I mean it's not even a contribution because you are actually co-author of it. So I guess that's pretty, um, I would say, impressive. Yeah, yeah, uh, I did indeed uh, start the project here on this very houseboat. Um, but uh, and so I guess most more relevant, yeah, is that I come from the uh, the Apple ecosystem. Um, and that's so that's why you know I ended up working on iOS and macOS related uh, technologies, and I've always been interested in uh, crossing, um, you know, crossing languages. So I didn't do just Objective C at the time. I was interested very much in at the time in Ruby, and so I worked on various uh, Ruby Objective C runtime uh, bridge technologies, um, and thus it was easy for me to try out React Native in uh, 2016, 
um, in our production application. So yeah. Nice. Cool. That's that's been a while already, but you know uh, that kind of proves the point that you know React Native is the place where we from different communities can actually meet and collaborate all together uh, from native and from the front end. So that's pretty exciting. Um, okay. Cool. So uh, now that we know a little bit more about our guests, I guess we can uh, move into the uh, main topic of today's podcast, which is Hermes. And I guess it would be a great thing to do at the beginning, which is doing a little introduction to what Hermes actually is. And um, for those who haven't heard about it, what would be its biggest selling point? Um, and I guess, Sean, maybe you want to start as you are actually the representative of the Hermes uh, team at Facebook. Yeah. So Hermes basically is a new JavaScript engine built by Facebook. It's designed for the mobile environment, specifically to improve the performance of React Native apps. But as React Native currently expanding to desktop, thanks to Microsoft, we've seen some of the key benefits are also very transferable to the desktop as well. Um, so for selling points, maybe we should pull off the deck. Let's do it. So Hermes can help with three primary metrics to improve the user experience. So the first one is TDI or time to interactive, which is basically how fast your app can start up. This is the most noticeable one to the end users. The second one is application size or binary size. This is comparing to the JSC, the, the current default engine of React Native on Android. And the third one is the memory footprint or memory consumption. So these metrics are critical to mobile since the computation and memory resources are much more constrained there because of the form factor and the thermal limits. But they are also very helpful to desktop as well. So we have some data collected from Facebook. So we so as we can see, the time to interactive is cut to half, and the APK size is roughly cut to half as well. And we're also able to cut memory by about one third to one fourth. Let me show you guys uh, classic videos. Uh, so this is open source app. And the left one is the React Native with Hermes, and the right one is React Native without Hermes. And you can see the left one uh, start much faster than the right one. Cool. So Sean, thanks for you know showing this deck. It really worked quite. It really worked great. And now uh, you know we've seen that you know uh, Hermes is faster than JSC on Android, and that's quite impressive. Um, but JSC is not the only engine on Android. I mean, you can actually run V8, or I know that at least historically, um, React Native Windows, I guess, used to be running Chakra. Uh, I remember some interesting comments about that. So I guess. Um, did you try any benchmarking against the other engines rather than just JSC? And if yes, uh, what were the results? <laughs> I don't, we don't try that internally, but I've seen a hacking news that some employee from Microsoft Office has compared Hermes versus VA 
and Chakra. And actually, they already using Baiko for VA, VA and Chakra, which is already a little bit more advanced than majority of React Native users and still observe some TTI memory and app size wins. Um, I think QRS users can check out that hacking news. And I can attest that that person is not just a random person. That person, Andrew, really takes his stuff serious. So if he says that, then he, he did some serious benchmarking. Oh, that was Andrew. Nice. I know him. Yeah. Awesome. Ah, that's great. So, so just to recap, the results were, I guess, showing that Hermes is faster, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't be bringing that up, right? <laughs> cool. So I guess, you know, it really makes me wonder, like, how is this possible? What is the, the magic be behind Hermes that makes such big improvements possible? Yeah, I think the short answer is that the magic behind all this is what's so-called bytecode pre-compilation, which means Hermes can compile your JavaScript source code to optimize bytecode ahead of the time. So your React Native app will just ship with this bytecode and Hermes can start execution directly from there. Um, we can go into more details later. Yeah. And actually it just happens that uh, later means now actually, because that was what I was going to ask you about. So <laughs> it's quite funny, but it's all right. Uh, I mean, actually, uh, jokes aside, I, I'm really curious about it. Actually, you know, um, like my knowledge, and I'm coming from the um, front-end developer, uh, like front-end development, was pretty limited about engines. Actually, the first time I've learned about the engine and, and compilers was when uh, there was a um, a uh, this uh, GitHub project by James Kyle, which was like a very tiny compiler, and 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 that's when I've learned, you know, about these things. So I guess our readers might and uh, uh, listeners might be getting quite confused right now. What AOT and and JIT mean, and and what's the difference? So I guess we can just briefly talk about what does it actually mean in practice that Hermes is AOT. Yeah. Um, I think first I want to expand a little bit on the meaning of AOT versus JIT here. So I've seen people exclusively regard AOT as compiling some program, usually written in C or C++, to native machine code, and mistakenly thought Hermes is compiling your JavaScript to native code as well. This may or may not because the that's what Wikipedia was saying. I actually edit the Wikipedia entry of a head of Thai compilation weeks ago to make it a little bit more generalized. So my take on AOT or JIT is more about the timing when a compilation and usually the compiler optimization coming with it is performed. No matter what exactly the source language or the object language is. So for instance, in the JavaScript community, we have Angular using the word AOT for converting its HTML template and TypeScript to JavaScript. And the JVM language Clojure also used the word AOT for pre-compiling Clojure code to JVM bytecode to help with faster startup, et cetera. So in my point of view, ahead of time, AOT and JIT is not really 
like necessarily opposed to each other. We can see Java as always pre-compiling to bytecode ahead of time, and the JVM may or may not JIT that bytecode. It can just interpret it. There was no JIT back to JDK 1.0, or there could be a JVM like hotspot that can JIT compiling the bytecode down to machine code to accelerate execution. So Hermes is basically the same as Java in this regard. So technically there is nothing stopping Hermes from adding a JIT, um, but we actually experimented with one, uh, but we couldn't justify its value uh, comparing to its overhead, so we recently just deleted. Uh, so what does this mean in practice? In practice, it simply means we're moving as much JavaScript engine work as possible to the build time of your React Native apps. All your JavaScript source code would be pre-compiled to Hermes bytecode after going through many typical compiler optimizations such as inlining, that code elimination, loop environments, et cetera, at the build time. And when you open your app, it will be directly executed from there and from such optimized bytecode. And that's where some of the performance benefits came from. Um, I think in addition, what worth to mention is that React Native across all platforms had made this process really simple for React Native app developers. You just need to flip a switch to enable Hermes, and that's usually about it. Um, Besides Android, iOS, and macOS, I also heard about React Native on Windows 0.64 had made Hermes operating much easier. Nice. Right. Can I maybe right. just yeah? Can I yeah? Maybe just I think for maybe for for your for some for some readers that you were referring to or listeners, I guess, and viewers. Yeah, actually. Hello, yeah. hello, all of you. <laughs> um, I think may, maybe like so AOT literally just means ahead of time, right? And JIT literally just means just in time. So in, in and of itself, it doesn't imply what it is doing. It's just about when you do it, right? So indeed, when like the simplest optimization that can be seen here with Hermes when it comes to the bytecode uh, aspect is ahead of time compilation means the browser or the, sorry, the JavaScript engine will not be parsing any JavaScript code and doing some sort of uh, you know uh, compilation thereof, it, that is already done ahead of time, right? So, um, so yes, good point, Sean. I think a lot of people will easily think that this means something about native, like it implies something. It's really just about when you do the work, and then the work that you do can be different things, right? Yeah, and I have to say that I really love this explanation because I guess uh, before this podcast, my AOT and JIT explanations were usually related to the native code and now the timing itself makes it really easy like even with the css and js libraries you could say that most of them are jet the ones that have the runtime and uh, there are libraries that don't have runtime because they transpile everything to pure css ahead of time so you know instantly it makes your library fancy because you can say it's aot but you know, jokes aside, it, it is actually quite quite a uh, simple answer uh, to to the difference. So I guess uh, you know uh, this this is worth highlighting um, at this point. Very good, awesome. So I guess you know, uh, continuing this explanation, that means 
you know, in practice, it means that certain steps with Hermes on React Native, uh, certain steps are happening ahead of time rather than just in time. And um, if we would break down like all the steps in the pipeline that happen when you run React Native app, uh, what what steps exactly are you know happening ahead of time, and what what is the rest that is still happening just in time? Yeah, luckily we also have a deck for that. Nice. So as you can see from this from the deck, we have the build time on the left, which is what happened on our machine as developer. And also we have runtime on the right, which is what happened on the user device, which is usually much less powerful than developer's machine. So as for all the modern JavaScript engine, basically the entire compilation is happened just in time. It just in time compile JavaScript to bytecode, then just in time compile the bytecode to machine code. So the first step would be lexing and parsing. So we're trying to parse your source code and find all symbols and functions there and compile to some unoptimized bytecode. I recommend reading or watching the cost of JavaScript talk or articles from my friend Andy Osmany from Google Chrome to understand the parse plus compile can take 30% of the total time spent on JavaScript doing a page load. And Hermes can get rid of this 30%. So, and then this JavaScript engine would execute a bytecode. By execute, I mean interpret. So all modern JavaScript engine like V8, JSC, SpiderMonkey, Chakra has an interpreter before their JIT. And then doing the interpretation, some of the function might be called say 10 times, then the baseline JIT is kicked in to compile the unoptimized bytecode to unoptimize the machine code which will be three to five times faster, but the generated code is really huge. And that's why VA wants to replace their base JIT, the full cogent to ignition to reduce memory usage. And then when a function is called 100 or a thousand times and considered super hot, the optimizing JIT we're kicking and compiled to really compile the unoptimized machine code to some really fast optimized code. In reality, there might be multiple tiers of such optimizing JIT. So these codes are really optimized because they made assumption um, in terms of speculative optimization. So there's always risk that the assumption is broken by the dynamic natural of JavaScript. Hence the engine has to fall back to the unoptimized code. This is termed de-optimization. So pay attention to how many variants of copies of your code need to be stored in memory and how many times your code need to be compiled. Compilation is usually super expensive. It takes a lot of CPU cycles and tons of memories to do the work. So that's the current typical modern JavaScript engine pipeline. And for Hermes, Hermes tried to move all the heavy work to the build time on your powerful developer machine and reduce work on the user device. So we will compile your source in the developer machine 
so there is no need for minification, and we will generate an intermediate representation called SSA or static single assignment, not Social Security Administration, um, <laughs> and optimize.、Um, And optimize that IR to some optimized form of the IR. So the key is that we have all the CPU and memory resource to do heavy optimization in your machine, and it's okay to take longer here.、Uh, but for JIT engine, they usually have to do that optimization relatively quick since it's on user device and the code has to be executed there just in time. So we will generate. A optimized bytecode bundle in the build type, and we will ship that bytecode to the user device. So in the runtime, it would be really cheap to just load the bytecode. It, it's same as how、um, a native executable is memory mapped to、um, to the memory and executed. So there is no JIT. Uh, this doesn't mean Hermes can have one, as we mentioned before. It's a deliberate choice that we made、uh, for our recognitive workload. Yeah,、uh, thanks for this explanation. I really love the、uh, all the different smaller pieces that you have broken down. I guess that really helps to understand the pipeline. And now, you know, I I, I do wonder why, like, maybe not what is specific about React Native apps that made Hermes possible, but generally speaking, I would assume that. Uh, like after seeing all of this and after hearing all of this, it, it is like quite obvious to me that AOT engine is the way to go. But on the other hand, we still do have like most modern engines、uh, such as V8 and, and JSC、uh, JIT. And now the question is why? <laughs> I mean,、um, why is that? And and what is what is it so different about React Native apps that you know would make a good use case for AOT then? Yeah,、um, this is actually a really hard question.、Um, so I will try to cover that.、Um, I believe a historical context, like in the first place, was that TTI is really critical to the success of React Native apps, or actually Facebook usage of that.、Um, so there was a talk by Eli White.、Um, In the Facebook A F A Developer Conference session,、uh, talking about the marketplace tab of the Facebook app, which is entirely in React Native,、um, and the issue was that it's uncomfortably slow to load it and 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 see the first content and being able to interactive on a low end device. I forget the exact. Number, but I remember super slow.、Uh, so that was the major point that Facebook wanted to solve.、Um, so I guess people kind of realize the overhead of JS compilation is huge during the initialization, and people also realize, oh, React Native is very different. Say how the code is distributed to the app instead, comparing to deliver distributed. Uh, JavaScript code to web browser. So I think the first difference is the environmental difference, or the how, or how the code is delivered.、Um, so in React Native app, usually JavaScript code is bundled within the app, and also we have more control of the runtime environment.、Um, so so I guess that's why bytecode precompilation makes sense because you can't really 
ship bytecode to browser. They are different kind of browser using different kind of JavaScript engine, and they use different kind of um, bytecode. So you can just you can standardize that. There is a proposal called binary AST, and it's trying to standardize how AST can be um, delivered uh, and and help with faster startup, but it's it's still far from being able to ship bytecode directly. Uh, I believe the second major difference would be the workload. Um, so different JavaScript application have very different patterns. Uh, so JavaScript running on web browsers are super diverse. So the engine has to be tuned to be very general purpose. Uh, the JavaScript engine in the browser tend to have multiple tiers of JIT to be able to accommodate that. Um, JavaScript running on Node.js, however, are usually very server-like. Uh, their lifetime tend to be longer, and they tend to do very repetitive work. Uh, so, and also they need, tend to be running in a very beefy machine, right? So this is an ideal scenario for super highly optimized JIT. Uh, you pay the heavy warm-up cost once, and then you'll just stay with super fast code in the rest of the lifetime. Uh, but JavaScript running React Native apps, in contrast, are usually more ephemeral, uh, um, and that's repetitive. So during a lifetime of users interacting with your React Native apps, it's more likely that the user will click different buttons and fire very different event handlers. So we did some statically analysis and realized most of the function in React Native during the startup times are executed between zero or one time. And even after startup, it won't be like a heavy number crunching sort of workload, uh, but more like a periodically reacting to user interaction. So legit doesn't improve the responsiveness there as well. Uh, there is also memory concern as being like usually React Native apps or mobile apps. I've seen people suggesting that for such memory constraint environment, even you are using a JIT capable engine, you might want to turn off its JIT. I I don't have the full context, but I believe the React Native apps on JavaScript C, a uh, JavaScript core, also doesn't do JIT usually. Yeah, and, and that's actually the thing that we will really get to later because it's not going to be the next question. And uh, and once again, thanks for this uh, very deep explanation. I'm really interested about this um, um, this 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 standard for you know shipping bytecode. I guess you know on the web that could be pretty exciting. So um, you know, thanks for bringing that up. And I guess you know um, that brings me to the next question, which is you know like. Listening to all of these, it seems to, and, and actually, you know, Hermes has been running on Android for, for quite some time already. Um, and so one would assume that, you know, it's pretty much complete, I guess. Uh, but, you know, uh, like, I, I'm just curious, like, what's the roadmap here? Yeah, I think we can start from the roadmap. Um, mm -hmm. I guess we are far from being completed. I think one thing that people notice is that uh, admittedly, Herm is a little behind of the JavaScript standard. Um, 
and also TC39 release features every year. So like completing all JavaScript feature would be always a moving target. Um, so it's definitely on our plan to support more and modern JavaScript features, um, but also we want to implement those features in a way that won't regress. There was a recent hack news about using letcons in JSC was three times slower than using var. So we don't want the letcons like that. Uh, so we also only, um, so we usually only launch a feature when it's proved to be not request anything or have some uh, improvement. There are also features in JavaScript that are more important to React Native than else. Uh, the current promise in React Native is polyfield was set immediately. So promise is scheduled as a priority of timer, but not micro tasks. Uh, this is true regardless what JavaScript engine you're using. Um, we're working on improving this since it's required to enable React concurrent mode for React Native. So that's JavaScript feature coverage. The second major focus of Hermes is always performance. Uh, so we're working on some of some significant improvements to our garbage collector. So GC is something that you can tune. You can tune the space of young generation. You can tune when to perform a major GC depending on the occupants and fragmentation ratio. So in a more advanced GC, you can tune how long do you want to pause or it also not stop the world. So we want to keep the pause time reasonably short. This would directly benefit the React Native's new architecture because now we have synchronous call into JavaScript. Uh, we're also working on reducing even more memory footprint. Uh, so one of them is called Hermes value 32. Uh, currently, all JavaScript values are represented as tagged value, which is 64 bits, so it can represent pointer on 64 bits architecture. But we're working on a 32 bits version of that uh, with pointer compression. Uh, another one is small array optimization. We kind of observed that most of the arrays in React app are hugely more like a tuple because of the React hooks. You, you always get a tuple destructured from the set state, uh, use state, use reducer, that kind of hooks, right? So we can specialize those kind of small array to use inline storage without actual storage allocation. So the third point is tooling. Um, we're constantly improving the vertical integration with React Native tooling ecosystem. Uh, such as debugger, profiling, source map, that kind of thing. Um, there's currently an unstable transform profile for Hermes in the Metro bundler, where you can drop half of the Babel transform to speed up the bundling. So working on removing more Babel transform and stabilize that uh, profile. Um, there are also many other explorational items that need to be proved to be good. Um, but in general, I think we are tuned for the practice from React Native community. Uh, this gave us some focus and some freedom 
that other general purpose JavaScript engine can do. Mm, last but not least, we will always have feature requests from the open source community, of course. From um, from Microsoft's perspective, um, in our partnership with Facebook, one um, big hurdle to making the switch right uh, for React Native to use Hermes by default was um, being able to support native APIs that um, are really important. And uh, what the one that that we partnered on is the native internationalization APIs, so the, the Intel spec. Um, because it, as I understand it, but I might be wrong or it's outdated, uh, Facebook itself doesn't use the native API, yet it is considered a requirement uh, for the community before we can make that uh, switch, which seems like the the responsible you know choice to make. Uh, we obviously should not uh, uh, make it harder for people to do the right thing when it comes to internationalization. Um, what I know from that is that um, Microsoft has contributed to Hermes the Android part of that. That's completed um, for React Native Windows. Uh, while that, while React Native Windows and macOS currently are not a requirement for to to decide what gets enabled by default, you know, in upstream React Native, uh, there is the aspiration to be in sync. Um, and so, React Native Windows currently does have an implementation of the Intel uh, APIs, but it relies on uh, something called ICU, which. You know, it's just like, let, let's just say it's like a, a, a globally uh, used uh, API to power internationalization. So it, it comes from the Unicode Consortium, if I recall correctly. Uh, but not all platforms provide it. And, you know, it has a lot of metadata. So it's, that's something that you want to ship with the, uh, with the application. Um, and so I don't think all Windows platforms provide ICU. Uh, or at least not in a way that you that any application can use it. And so the, the current effort was to port that work to use the uh, sanctioned, what is it called, Windows globalization APIs. And actually, the same thing was on my plate to do for macOS before I transitioned to Teams. So I, I can't say what the, the state of it is right now, but the issue is pretty much the same. macOS and iOS both rely on ICU to do that work. But one of them, only one of them provides a little bit of the API to applications. Uh, otherwise, it is on, it's considered private. And so it's also unfortunate that we can't do a straight port of the existing Android work, which uses ICU directly to these other platforms. Uh, they have to be you know, transpiled, I guess. In, in a sense, to not use ICU, but use the sanctioned APIs, which on Windows is the globalization APIs, and on macOS and iOS is the, I don't know, just the core foundation uh, APIs that allow for some internationalization. So it is interesting, you know, how Facebook doesn't even actually use those APIs, but it is considered essential to the community, right? So as always, we always have to balance uh, what is the right thing to do for the community, like what is our vision of how, what type of applications React Native 
delivers. Um, and this is just a, a responsible thing to do. Yeah, that actually makes me wonder what is it that Facebook is doing internally if they are not using the Intel APIs. Uh, probably something custom, right? I hear they have a few more engineers than the average application developer. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's 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 right. Uh, but it's it's great to hear that you know there is an effort to make that uh, work for the community. I guess that's really great that you know you're still keeping that perspective in mind. Is there any place where one can track the progress of this, like a GitHub issue, umbrella issue, or a uh, project, or something like that? We can link later in the podcast. That's a great question. I, I let, let me find some. I think I'm, all the work that we, in our partnership, agree on taking on is should be public. So I'll find the link, and uh, we can link it. Okay, cool. Yeah, we can uh, we can include it later in the uh, description notes. So um, if you are listening to this part, uh, you can check the description. That's where it should be. So definitely applaud for Microsoft, uh, the Intel work from Microsoft. So Hermes has been really great for us at Facebook. Um, so as Eloy mentioned, there have been a few blockers that keep the community from being able to adopt it, notably Proxy and Intel. Each had over like 100 thumb ups on the feature requesting issue. Uh, so for the Proxy, we recently make a default and release with the React Native 0.64. And that actually a feature Facebook doesn't use in, internally as well. So it's built entirely entirely for the open source community. And for the Intel works, thanks for, thanks for Microsoft, uh, the Android Intel support is very close to completion. Um, we, the plan is to release Intel with React Native 0.65 for Android. So stay tuned for that. Uh, as for what Facebook use internally for internet internationalization, we use FBT, uh, which is also recently open source. So, so the Intel API uh, is also for the community. I kind of would like to do a, another podcast on FBT because I just Googled it in the meantime <laughs> when you said it. And uh, it's it's quite interesting. Um, you know, approach like like it's it's always an interesting um, you know like concept when I see, you know, Facebook having their own uh, implementations of things that we would say are obvious and are, you know, sort of publicly assumed to be the go-to choices and still the Facebook scale sometimes leverages, you know, basic problems and shortcomings that at your scale just don't work. And so that's why it's always, you know, great to have uh sort of um deep dive into you know reasonings behind these so uh definitely going to write down down for the for the next podcast but i guess we can wrap up the first part and quickly move to the second part which is um not about the hermes history and and, and the hermes state and android i guess we have covered that pretty um pretty deeply um now I wanted to talk about you know something that is very exciting and very new as of React Native 0.64, something that has been released recently, which is Hermes uh, support for iOS and something not released as a part of React Native 0.64, but as a part of React Native macOS, which is Hermes support for React Native macOS. And I guess because I was 
involved in working on that. And I know that my work on iOS um, wasn't the beginning. It was actually macOS where it all started. I guess, Alo, it would be great um, if we started with a bit more context on like the, the macOS work. Like, like I have to say that I'm, I'm really impressed. Uh, that Microsoft has been investing in React Native so much, and that is, you know, supporting desktop macOS platform as well. Even though it's not, you know, their sort of environment, it's it's Windows, of course, but it's really great. And so I'm just you know, like curious about like uh, the macOS support for Hermes. What's going on there, and and why it's Hermes and not Chakra, for example, and and how that relates to React Native Windows? Are you planning to bring Hermes there as well? That is a lot of questions, Mike. Yes, I know. But I'm sorry. Like, I've been waiting to this part to ask you all of these questions. I just couldn't control myself. Couldn't stop myself from like asking five of them at a time. Well, we can start with the uh, background on like Hermes and macOS. How it's how it all started and and why Hermes and not Chakra. Let's say. Yeah. Well, I think you know. I think actually, it probably answers a few of your questions in one go. Um, so. Yeah, that, that, so let, let, let's see. So let's back up. So Microsoft uses React Native in Office, right? Um, and it uses it to, I mean, look, Office itself is not written in React Native. That would be that would be silly from the perspective, not, <laughs> not that JavaScript is silly, but it's like Office is a code base that has existed long before the humans roamed the earth, right? It's like, this, it's such a large code base, it exists. React Native is mostly being used uh, right now to deliver what they call experiences. So, you know, small pieces of widgets, like integrations into the larger applications. And we want to allow um, partners to build these widgets without needing to think about the large matrix of like, where's Office deployed to? What different ways do you need to compile it? Um, or even have access to all of those, you know, APIs that 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 will be needed for that. So, having like a being able to use JavaScript for that uh, is a very powerful um, way to do so, which obviously has been done many times before. Um, also in Office, in the form of you know a web view, just just put a web view on the screen and allow somebody to write some J JavaScript and HTML. But I think. I think for the listeners to your podcast, it's already pretty clear why you would choose React Native over something that is basically just a web view. So we don't need to go into that. That's the same, you know, that's the same yeah. uh, case here. Um, so, so that is definitely like already a requirement. That's why Microsoft, not, not the only reason, but that's why Office is, you know, invested in making sure in using React Native. But React Native obviously is a um, an, an open source project in a, in a sense, uh, at least so far that the things that we need might not align all the time or are not needed all the time by, for instance, Facebook, like you know, like we just discussed with the Intel APIs, et cetera. And so if we want to have a stable environment, we need to contribute to that, uh, right? And so um, that is why we invest in it uh, and also not just in the only in the things that we need but as a platform right and we want to unlock people to to write um, applications more easily 
not just for iOS and Android, but in the same way for macOS and Windows, right? Um, so that's, that's, that's all sorts of good business reasons to uh, allow, to help flourish a otherwise uh, open source uh, project that is in many cases run by a lot of people in their spare time, right? Um, and so, so clearly Microsoft has already looked into prior to Hermes into other solutions like we also saw from the link to um, Hacker News article. But, you know, Chakra itself is, is, is on its way out in Microsoft just entirely. So there would be no point in, in then re resurrecting that for macOS. Um, so V8 would be, you know, an, an, an interesting alternative. And I, I know that there has been a lot of testing. I don't know in, in how far it has actually been rolled out, but, um, you know, it, then it comes down to trade-offs and when we are talking about trade-offs, you know, settling on a single engine that is shared, uh, is. Hermes does not necessarily always address all the same uh, optimizations on each platform, but there's something to be said for having a, a single uh, engine that is um, malleable and, and and targeted to this environment. Right, so we can have rather than rather than spending hours of Microsoft engineering time, and I can tell you there have been many hours in trying to get you know debugging to work with edge chrome vs code to various to, to javascript core to uh, uh, v8 you know that is time that we could better spend on making flipper even better right um and and and, and we have that time because first of all hermes is entirely accessible to us if we need to hermes to act a little bit different for this case then we can do that right um and that is actually a thing with um, uh, remind me the names, all the names, the, the native more synchronous access to uh, native modules. Um, is it Fabric? Tur tur turbo tur module. Turbo modules. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think. Yeah, maybe. It's, uh, I mean, it's all intertwined, right? So I think one of the issues Trojan? that uh, no, 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 definitely uh, turbo modules. And I thought that there was some go. intersection with Fabric as well, uh, but. Um, you know, there there is some cases, if I recall correctly, where you want we want the users to be able, and the users are the, the the React Native developers here, right, to be able to debug their JavaScript. That, but that JavaScript might then go into a a, na a synchronous, like a blocking native call, and that is not something that the typical uh, Chrome debugger protocol uh, expects. That's because that's not a thing that those the, the engine does in the same way, and so uh, with Hermes, um, it is it is feasible to have this implementation of the protocol that treat that, that allows for that for that type of stuff, right? So we have very specific needs in React Native, and having then access to a um, an JavaScript engine that allows us to target these specific needs means that it is it's going to make the overall experience better and we can standardize it in a single place rather than trying to patch it onto all these different places right which is actually kind of like very much how i at least liked react native over 
UI kits and app kit development because if you if you if you have an issue, you can actually go in and fix it uh, rather than patching around it. So, yeah. so I guess that so that answers why we you know why for Microsoft we would go with Hermes rather than another engine. So there's many there's m multiple reasons there, right? Um, yeah. Because um, in some cases, like like we mentioned, like the AP, like something like the AP, APK uh, reduction is something that applies very much to Android and shipping like a JSC that is good for React Native. That is not something that necessarily applies to iOS or macOS, right? Like we have good JSCs, but as with many things in engineering, it all boils down to the, the sum of all things and that you need to make those trade-off decisions. And so choosing a single one allows us to, do be, to have a much better developer story, a much better uh, place where we can optimize things in the long run. Um, so that's kind of what it what it boils down to. Which yeah, of your questions did I get? A, a lot of them, which is great. And now I actually have so many follow up questions to you. But uh, I'll I'll just stick with the latest one. Um, you mentioned that you know, uh, like like the bundle, like the APK size optimization, while being an improvement on Android, is not necessarily a uh, improvement on iOS and macOS, which is quite obvious uh, because JSC kind of comes with the platform. So I guess uh, the question would be like, what would be the selling point on iOS? Like for Android, everybody knew that you know there were some issues, uh, but like I always felt like iOS was the um, faster platform, more stable platform, and I guess generally Apple ecosystem. So I guess uh, what would be the selling point for iOS rather than just having the unified engine uh, that you obviously mentioned before? Well, I want to be clear first that. The APK size is an issue now. Uh, Shun can probably better speak to the roadmap, but there's inherently nothing stopping the Hermes developers from making so many optimizations to the bytecode that it reduces the overall code size. There right? you go. Um, so it's not necessarily the case right now. That is the case. At last time mm -hmm. I measured, at least. Right. Um, so given that right now. The, the, that's, that's not the necessarily a choice to go. Well, look, um, I think a lot of people that have also, for instance, experience with server development, right? That's, you, you, the trade-off there is like, will we spend a lot of engineering hours on making this code very optimal, or can we just buy a few more servers, right? So sometimes you need to make decisions that are that seem a little uh, unintuitive, and in the in this case, uh, yeah. The initial download might be a little larger, but if your TTI goes down, uh, that you know that that might look the the download time that a user pays. Uh, and look, I I, I am no, no expert in this, right? There's probably people that have looked into this data a lot, but the download time it takes and increases is a one-time cost, whereas the application launching hopefully. <laughs> is not a one-time cost, right? Uh, hopefully, they love your application and they will launch yeah. it many times. And so, uh, the if you're into user experience and whatnot, you know that's the perceived performance over actual performance. And sometimes, something that feels better is just better for the overall uh, expectation. Which I don't think in this case actually applies. In TTI is actually faster, and that is the goal, right? We do skip things like parsing, etc. Things that 
just aren't nece aren't necessary in a controlled environment where you know the JavaScript that you ship, etc. So those are the types of things that I think would matter more. Um, I think in terms of right now, but don't pin me to this. This might be something that Sean knows better. Uh, you know, that's that's things like. Um, intrinsically, because of how the bytecode is loaded from a single file, you there, 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 uh, the memory is it's not loaded entirely into memory; it is memory mapped, and so it the the uh, the OS can better uh, move around memory. It can like take parts of the it can take parts of the of the code out of memory when it's needed, uh, without the application needing to allow for that, which. Uh, Apparently, is something that is is harder with uh, traditional um, uh, engines. Um, so you know, there's 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 various different reasons why one would choose for it, and there's also it also depends on the audience, right? In our case, yeah. people making and maintaining things, it definitely standardizing on a single thing makes a lot of sense for users. Your initial TTI might be what you care for. Look, if you don't care for that, if you really care about optimizing for APK size right now in iOS, then should just be clear about that, right? You should use JSE. Hermes can potentially still have perf advantage on TDI from the bytecode pre-compilation, those advantages, but also for memory. Uh, so memmap, as Eloy mentioned, has basically two advantages as far as I know. The first one is, like say you have multiple JavaScript module, which will be compiled to different bytecode module, then uh, that is something that you can lazy load it each module into the memory whenever it's actually used um, when operating system paging those uh, bytecode module. And the second one is that uh, we can easily return back memory uh, back to the OS, and that's really cheap. There is also um, vertical integration that uh, Hermes can possibly do. Like if you if you don't need function name, we can strip function name. And also we have some uh, static building optimization or string deduplication that is very kind of specialized to React Native usage. Um, the second advantage in general would be the having a consistent VM across all React Native. Uh, platforms that Alaya had mentioned. Yeah. Like providing a consistent debugging experiences and having better uh, tooling integrated with React Native ecosystem. Yeah, and 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 I guess that was my first uh first, you know, the first thing that came to my mind that you know having a unified engine certainly makes it easier for all of us to focus on, you know, delivering certain features and tooling. Uh, instead of you know having separate developer tools for like each engine, which are obviously different, because for example the debugging experience is different with Hermes, and different with uh, you know JSC for example. Just one thing that I wanted to add on top of uh, like um, what you said before, Alloy, um, regarding the memory mapping. There is actually a, um, and I'm gonna do a uh, sort of humble brag right now, uh, since we are working on a uh, project called a React Native Webpack Handler 
previously known as Hall. Uh, the name is to be verified because we just realized we are actually using two trademarks in the name, which is you know kind of a, a legal challenge to handle, right? But um, the point is that you know we are uh, we, we do have this uh, sort of uh, we are working on the future based on module federation, which lets you kind of split your bundle into uh, smaller um, JS files that you can dynamically load. And that is kind of a uh, evolution of the RAM bundles that used to be supported for the JSC. Then I guess right now they are not working quite well. And obviously with Hermes and, and memory mapping, there is no uh, clear uh, sort of need for it and then for, for kind of fixing it. So I guess that's uh, the direction we are moving. Uh, cool. So, um, I mean, I just have like two more questions about, you know, Hermes and iOS and Hermes in general. And I guess, you know, something that has been you know, asked ever since we started talking about Hermes and iOS from the very beginning was what Apple is going to tell uh, during the review process. And I know this is the most favorite question that everybody is asking, like, uh, like, like, what will Apple say? And obviously, you know, we know that uh, Hermes is IoT. So technically speaking, everything should be fine. Um, so I guess, you know, like I kind of just realized that I answered my questions already, but, um, I wanted to check with you guys what you think about it. Like, uh, do you feel like the AOT, uh, was the primary reason why Apple like didn't accept traditional uh, engines and, and that is what makes it, um, possible, uh, potentially in the future to build apps with Hermes and iOS and macOS? I think this is a interesting territory, and I'm glad that you already answered <laughs> I like answered how the, you started it. I like how you already answered the question. I, I <laughs> look. Let, let me let me let me tell you a different story. Uh, once upon a time, I worked um, on a startup in a startup um, that, that was called Ruby Motion. And it was an extension of an open source project that uh, I uh, collaborated on. Um, and it compiled Ruby to native code um, for iOS uh, and macOS. That was, you know, Mac Ruby was for macOS. And so, you know, R Ruby is also dynamic. And um, thus, the obvious choice would be a JIT engine. Um, but Apple, you know, they, they have had, uh, I don't know what the, what the, what the wording on it is now, but the, they, in the past, at least there has been very clear wording about JIT not being allowed and JIT again, is just words, right? It just means just in time. So to be clear in this context, it means compiling code to native code, um, in memory and marking that memory as executable is not allowed. And the reason to do so is uh, is good because it adds a security risk, um, right? And so, so I get that, um, but I can say that, you know, with Ruby Motion, we, so we did not do JIT, we did entire AOT compilation and that was fine. So, right, so uh, the, the the, the point is mostly that we cannot, we, and this is purely again about the aspect of 
uh, when people often think about the whole something JIT, something AOT, and Apple, right? This is That's what this is about. It is about compiling code to native code and marking it as executable in, uh, like in memory. That is not allowed. And that is not something that Hermes does. Yeah. Now, then there's, there's lots and lots of other text about JavaScript, et cetera. You know, that's like a whole different, that's where, that's why it gets so confusing to people. But when we talk about, when people talk about the JIT aspect, it's very clear what that's about. That's about this thing. And Hermes does not do that. Assuming that everything goes smoothly and we do have, you know, Hermes and iOS uh, available as a, uh, as, a, uh, as, a, as, a, as an option that you can turn on your profile. And we do have it on Android in a similar fashion. Uh, and, and, and it starts being accessible and available in other platforms. I guess eventually uh, there, there is a plan to make Hermes the default. It's probably still early stage to speculate about iOS and other platforms, but it makes me really happy to see you know, all these improvements happening to iOS, Android and React Native in general, like the re-architecture and all these pieces changing and improving the experience performance that's uh that's really great um so i guess you know the last thing i wanted to talk about but i guess uh we are probably um yeah like we recorded so much material that you know it's it's going to be better if i do another humble brag again i'm um i'm, I'm working on an article uh where i go through the details on how hermes was implemented on, on, on react native um, for iOS, including you know various different pieces of the architecture that made it possible. So if you're interested to learn more about how to turn it on, uh, how it is possible to make Hermes compile on iOS and macOS, because I also link to the Microsoft work and Alloy's work, um, go to the link to the article that is in the description as well. That's where you will be able to learn more about the technicalities and how Hermes integrates with React Native itself. And I guess that brings us to the end of this podcast, which has been really exciting. And uh, first of all, I wanted to really thank you guys for joining. Uh, and, and I wanted to thank you for all the work that you did on Hermes, on macOS, iOS, and Android, because that's been a tough and really challenging work. And again, I'm really happy that we are doing this today after rescheduling for quite some time. So once again, thank you very much. And I, I hope that you enjoyed it. Well, it's it's truly really nice to meet you guys and and chat about Hermes and React Native, especially in this quarantine period. Um, I'm 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 glad I went through my first public speaking in English. It was a little tough. Oh, a little tough. Yeah, that was your first time. You Definitely my time. first public yeah. speaking in English and first podcast. I wouldn't tell. Like, it, it yeah. felt like it felt like. Like you did it like a pro, so and I'm not kidding. Like, <laughs> shall I give you my one pro tip? Whenever I doubted myself in these cases and, and other people, no, nobody else knows. It's, <laughs> it's just in your head. As long as you don't tell people that they don't know, you you did great, man. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for Thank having you. the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 yeah. Awesome. I'm really happy that you guys enjoyed it. And uh, 
whoever is with us after this long journey. I hope that you enjoyed listening about Hermes and all the details, history. Actually, I, I feel like we've covered so many great things about Hermes that I'm not really sure how we're going to title this podcast because there is so many great things inside. <laughs> but that just uh, proves that we had a really great time and we had really great discussions. So uh, I wanted to thanks. Uh, I wanted to thank you guys once again. Thanks to people on the stream, uh, readers, listeners, and all and, and people consuming this podcast from all these different platforms. Thank you for uh, being with us. Make sure to follow Aloy and Shun on their uh, GitHub and Twitter profiles because these um, the details are also shared in the description. Thank you for staying with us once again. Thank you guys for joining and uh, we'll see each other on the next React Native Show episode soon. Bye-bye. Ciao.